0: But it's just airplanes, so it's not, it's it's not really no this is, this is the best seat in the house.
1: It's, it's got flip a flip runway in the front yard.
2: <laughs> Several years ago, somebody came to me and said... A decade ago. A de- Has it been a decade ago? Nine years. Nine years ago. Coming up on it. Well, actually, it would have 2007, right? So this is yeah. 10 years. Nine calendar years, 10 fly-ins ago. Before the fly-in, I was approached by some people, and they said, we do this aviation podcast, and we'd like to do an episode live on your radio station during the fly-in. And I thought, hey, that's a great idea. We don't really do anything after the air show. We could fill some time, get people to listen. Little did I know that that would be the start of a hugely mutually beneficial relationship. 2007, Wednesday night of the fly-in, that was back when we were running Saturday to Uh, Sunday to Saturday, 2007 on Wednesday night, right in the middle of the week, we had the guys from this Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation podcast, come by and do a live episode on air. It was heard, it was liked, it was loved, and it was repeated. They came back the next year and did an opening day and a closing day, and we've been doing that ever since, and Sun and Fun Radio's notoriety and our our word name getting out there and uncontrolled airspace the general aviation podcasts name being on sun and fun radio the mutually beneficial part is we really helped out each other and we brought in great friends we've made fantastic fantastic friends over the years and every year we bring in our friends from ucap to tell us All about what's going on in the aviation community, the general aviation community. They're fun, they're silly, they're serious, they're irreverent, sometimes they're scary, but we need to be scared (laughs) once in a while. So, without further ado, I want to welcome back to the Sun and Fun Radio deck for their 10th anniversary, 10 years, 10 fly-ins we've been doing this, the members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast, Jack Hodgson, Jeb Burnside, Dave Higdon. Gentlemen, this is your show. I'm going to step back. You enjoy yourselves. Take it away, guys. Thank you, David. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Welcome, folks, to Uncontrolled
1: Airspace, the general aviation podcast. Uh, as our good friend David uh, Shelbetter just said, uh, I'm Jack Hodgson, and I'm here with uh, my good friends uh, and cohorts here, uh, David Higdon and Jeb Burnside. Hi, guys. How you doing? Spiffy. Lovely. We're coming to you with this episode. Uh, some of you are listening to us live on the uh, on the radio station or on the stream, and others are listening in the uh, podcast stream. Um, for those of you who don't know what's going on here, well, I'll tell you that we are once again coming to you live. We're recording and, and broadcasting live from the grounds of the 2016 Sun and Fun Fly-In here at Lakeland, Florida. The 42nd annual. 42nd, wow. Um, see, so, <laughs> so ten years, we just really don't know. You know, we can't. Yeah, we're still rookies. Yeah, right. It's like not that big a deal. Babes in the woods. I know, huh? Um, and so we're we're here on the grounds, and it's uh, a beautiful Florida day here, and uh, a lot of the day is winding down. The air show has just concluded, and uh, it's been day one of the fly-in this year, and uh, it's it seems to be uh, shaping up to be a really good fly-in. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that, and and what's expected throughout the week, and and uh, some of the stories, and 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 whatnot. So. Uh, let me a, ask you, a lot of whatnot, yeah, I know really,
0: uh, a whole lot of plethora of whatnot,
1: yeah, right <laughs> Jim, I know you, uh, you you've got a lot of work con- conflicts this week, and so you wandered in kind of late in the afternoon, um, but uh, and so I, I guess you haven't had a chance to see very much, but you've been sort of paying attention to what might be going on in the industry these days. Is there any sense of of what is interesting this week and what's going
0: on? Well, there's some new airframes um, previously announced, but here at the show. Um, Mooney's two-door acclaim. Uh, having oh, that's uh, having right. a two-door Mooney is uh, a new and different thing. Who were we talking about? We were talking with James about this the we're other day? We were talking with James about this the other
1: day. Yeah, James being our, our, our good friend, but also a Mooney guy. Uh, and, a uh,
0: resident Mooney Mooneyac, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, and uh, so, I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. Um, someone's going to the trouble to uh, uh, modify a venerable airframe like the Mooney uh, M20 series. And put another door in it. That's that's kind of cool. It's it's, it speaks to uh, some confidence in uh, uh, future sales. And and uh, they wouldn't have sunk that engineering uh, into it if they didn't have to. Um, Mooney th- Mooney went through some difficult times Mooney, over the last Mooney, decade or five years or something like that. Mooney is perennially perennially going through uh, uh, bad times, stemming I guess or I should say dating all the way back to the seventies. Uh, they were owned by a steel company uh, at one point. Oh, really? Um, and uh, um, several other companies have, have uh, uh, had their fingers in that pie at one point or another. Now, um, they're uh, more or less a standalone, although I believe that there is a significant uh, Chinese investment mm-hmm. uh, in, in Mooney, just yeah. as there are in other uh, general aviation manufacturers.
1: Well, it's good to see them making a revival. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, uh, two, two other things quickly. Again, just, uh, you know, uh, from the 30,000-foot view, um, TBM uh, is updating their TBM 900 to the TBM 930 configuration. I uh, don't know all the details, but I'm guessing, you know, a little bit more power, a little bit higher cruise speed, a little bit more capabilities, um, and... Uh, <clears throat> I also saw where uh, Piper is uh, trying to leverage some of their M-series uh, models uh, and have gone to a, uh, an interesting uh, um, manufacturing model. They will manufacture on demand. Uh, they will not manufacture uh, just to have <coughs> uh, aircraft stock laying around, sitting around. Uh, but if you want one, they'll be happy to build you one. hmm
1: Yep. I'm sorry. Is that was that the two? I thought. Yeah, you said... there was three in there. There was three in there. Okay. Um, I, uh, David, I'm going to come to you in a second because you've been here for over a day now, and uh, and and being Dave, you've probably visited with all kinds of people and have all kinds of stories. Um, I got here um, uh, this morning, late, late this morning, and uh, and I spent some time cruising around. I'm I'm going to give the grounds uh, their due eventually, but I did a quick tour around the grounds and came away with a few impressions here. Um, one of my first impressions is, is a, just sort of a general one, and that is there's a lot of exhibitors here this year. In some ways, I'm tempted to say that there is as many exhibitors here this year as I've ever seen in the past. I see no voids, I see no uh, booth space that's, that's abandoned or emptied. Um, it just and, and lots of places that you didn't usually see exhibitors in the past. I'm seeing exhibits this, exhibitors this time. Um, all four exhibit halls seem to be completely filled um, with, with exhibitors. Uh, it, there's just a lot going on here. And, and then the, uh, the show operators seem to be really filling out some of the other areas. Um, there's that, cro- that taxiway, I call it a crossroads right in front of the old media building, David and Jeb. You, remember, you know what I'm talking about? Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and, and that used to be sort of a, a space where people came and went, but there wasn't anything going on out in that crossroads area. And now they've got um, they've got uh, displays facing into the, that crossroads area. All right, so the replica warbirds people are over there on one side, and the uh, the, the type club people are on the other side. And it's just, they, they seem to be really filling out the grounds. Yeah, Um,
3: Cirrus is out in that spot this year. Yeah, uh, They've they've got a uh, 22 sitting out there and a mock-up of their uh, Vision Jet. Of the Vision Jet, yeah. uh, Which we keep hearing is uh, closing in on uh, type approval, certification, and they've been gearing up a new manufacturing operation. And we could well see before Oshkosh uh, the the delivery of the world's first certificated single-engine business jet. Yeah. Something that's been... Pursued many, mm-hmm. many times over the last twenty-five, thirty years, and yeah. never accomplished. So,
1: right. so if anybody is is on the fence about whether or not they're going to come here this year, um, I re- highly recommend it. There's a lot to see here,
0: uh, and so far the weather's been immaculate.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was it, a few days back there some bad weather passed through, but it's gone now. And uh, I think the forecast is for one rainy day in the week, but uh, uh, that's about it. And, yes, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, I know. Yes. Well. Um, as long as it doesn't turn into a twister of some sort, right? You know, it's like yeah, we've survived that one. We can do twisters, so we have pretty much got it. We all got the exhibit control.
3: buildings have signs on them now and have for several years say wind tested to one hundred and ten miles an hour. So. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, another thing that was interesting is that there I, I've seen actually a couple of new buildings here. All right, um, I think these are new since last year. Yep. There's a uh, Warbirds building. Looks like a, almost a clubhouse kind of building um, out there on that taxiway. Um, it's actually a Across from where the what we consider the Warbirds area um, it, it, it actually is through the fence if you will um, between the traditional con- exhibits area there and and out onto the Warbird taxiways there um, so that's what looks like a brand new building to me and then a really interesting looking hangar over at the edge of Paradise City that uh, David and you and I wandered over there earlier today um, the this hangar is is labeled Paradise Field um, and apparently, it's part of the uh, um, the local Aero Club. It's part of the high school, I think. The
3: uh- right Lakeland Aero Club. Uh, the uh, it's the world's largest aviation high school operation yeah uh, lights lean house told us this morning
1: so apparently it's part of the whole the, the larger educational programs that are going on here we're gonna talk about that a little bit later on in this episode but uh, um, a lot of interesting things going on that's my quick impression from wandering around David you've been been wandering around for a, a, almost two days now and uh, um you know what's what's going on well we're gonna start with my traditional my
3: roots, Paradise City where the light sport and ultralight uh, and light experimental folks are flying. Uh, they reworked the runway but unfortunately the sod didn't set as quick as they want so they can't use all the new turf that they've got but it's significantly longer. gives them an overrun on the takeoff on the 2-7 direction uh, The Paradise City exhibitors area is chock-a-block uh, The Light Aircraft Manufacturers Association, they've got A larger setup than they ever have and and more planes on exhibit. And with a little luck, we'll see the the, uh, chairman and CEO of LAMA come over here probably about 620 if he works. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, But really busy over there. A lot of airplanes, a lot of flying. Uh, The uh, skies this morning were just, I mean, spinner to tail with arrivals. the instant the pattern opened and all through the morning same pretty much yesterday so the field's really filled up with uh transients uh the factory airplane people are out in strength uh jeb mentioned the uh, tbm folks from daher uh they're one of several companies here in the business aviation segment with uh turboprops or jets uh that's the largest presence i've ever seen here uh the uh, kit build folks. There's some new stuff here to look at. Uh, the new factory airplane from Mooney. Uh, Piper's got a bigger exhibit. Uh, they're showing both the M500 and M600 turboprops that they now have uh, in the product line. Uh, it's uh... it's it's a jump in place. And if you have any opportunity to get down here in the next five more days, uh, you're missing out if you don't do it. Yeah.
1: We're joined now here uh, in uh, on the deck in our virtual hangar by uh, a good friend and a longtime friend of the podcast. Brett, and, I, and I know your last name, but for some reason, your last name always just, I, my tongue just had a problem. But it's Brad, Brad his, Marzari. How's has, has Correct. That. Brad Mazari. Um long-time listeners will will know Brad I don't know whether Brad's proud of this or not as the chocolate guy. All right? Uh, we first met Brad a long, uh, many years ago when we received a uh, a mysterious but but welcome uh, box full of chocolate from Germany. And, uh, and, and that was from. Here we uh, go again. That was from Brad, um, who at the time was, was uh, although he's a, a US citizen, he was working in Germany, had been for some time. And so as a result, uh, had connections and fondness for the, uh, the German chocolate. And so he, he gifted us with uh, a, a, a truly a box of chocolate. I mean, there was a lot of chocolate. And uh, we divvied it all up and had a good old time with it. And, 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 and chocolate
4: care packages have arrived most every year. And uh, so, hi, Brad, how you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, before we begin, I always wanted to say, you know, we the supplicants come to prostrate ourselves <laughs> before our elders of aviation. We wait for you to speak ecumenically from the <laughs> microphone and tell us what is right. We offer these tides and offerings. <laughs> he's
1: opening up a bag, a cooler right in front of us here, and he's just uh, pulled a stack of... Uh,
4: of uh, of, uh, what's the brand name again here? It's It's a a Ritter Sport that are made in my local village. And here's the, uh, yeah, here's the flavors that are smuggled in from the brand new spring.
1: And I I think you can hear them, They're, 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 they're Bumping on the table, making big noises. That's how heavy-duty, serious, good-looking chocolate this is. I, I,
0: Brad, I apologize. I haven't been able to do anything ecumenically in, 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 uh, since that surgery uh, last year. So.
4: <laughs> <coughs> Isn't there a trust for that? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. there's a trust. I don't
0: know about a trust. Yeah. yeah. Well, and well
3: we, we, Jeb was most grateful that after the surgery,
1: his voice hadn't changed. So, <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Um, how you doing, Brad? I'm doing well. I was telling you earlier and this is really the truth I, I don't do a lot of uh, of the Facebook thing all right but every now and then I check in to see how my uh, brothers and sisters are doing and and each time I check in there I swear I see that you've been on yet another uh, cool adventure someplace doing something or other I mean this is I think where I first discovered that you got the ride what was it in the b29 and... I've
4: joined the b29 squadron I've been up there I've uh, I'm qualified but I have not yet had a chance to go out on tour with them. Yeah,
1: and that's from a little while ago. I think we talked about that last year. but yes, we since, did. since then, the two that stick in my mind, one is aviation-related and not, one not, but the one that's somewhat aviation-related, is uh, you visited the Johnson Space Center recently.
4: Yes, and I can highly recommend that to anybody who's going through the Houston area, the Johnson Space Center offers a wonderful tour, and they concentrate not just on their aviation, but they have a great explanation area for how wing effect works, how you know the second A in NASA. And uh, not to mention they have a really cool, their gate guard is two T-38s in formation is their <laughs> gate guard. Nice, nice. So that was a good tour. You, got, did, you did you get to see any uh, space stuff while you were there? Oh yeah, you went and uh, as part of my day job, we went and toured the actual Capcom and control and they were talking to the International Space Station when we were there. Very so nice. You Very get nice. To go yeah, because that's
3: there. the mission that keeps on giving.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was, so if you're a space guy, it was really there. And we went out and looked at the, you know, all the Apollo stuff. And that was really interesting. They have a moon rock there. You get to touch it. Know that it's real. Truly, you get to touch the moon rock? Yes, they do. It's one of the two places you can touch one. The other one's at the Smithsonian. You, right. You get, moon, you get moon cooties. Uh, yeah, exactly. I know. Exactly. <laughs> uh, highly recommend everybody I'm game. to go. I'm sure. I'll get some moon cooties. Uh, the other cool thing they have that's aviation-related is they have the 747 shuttle transport aircraft there statically displayed with a shuttle mounted on top of it. And they take you through, and, they, and that's, for us, aviation wing nuts, you know, the real thing because they show you how they had to move pig iron to the front of the airplane to keep it you know balanced
3: keep it in cg
4: yeah exactly and you look at all that and you go really and you're going to charge me for an overweight bag <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep now and and uh, very briefly the other one that i alluded to and and i think this, these are not the only two adventures you've been on but these are the two that stuck in my mind um something star trek related we're gonna give me like 15 the two-second bite yeah.
4: was, there's a, the, the Austin Symphony, actually it's a touring symphony, but it was sponsored by the Austin Symphony, was doing Star Trek in concert. And it was just a night where they just played the Star Trek music with the images on the big screen. But it was another fun night at the symphony to sit there and go, cool. Yeah. And everybody in the audience was in, you know, either in some kind of uniform or appropriate apparel.
3: Very thing. cool. Very cool. Oh, beam me in. So
1: you're, you're here, um, uh, in addition to having fun here at Sun and Fun, uh, you actually have to work a little bit. Um, you are representative or some sort of uh, involved associated with Pipistrel. With Pipistrel. Yeah. And What's
4: going on with them these days? Well, we've got like three big things. We've got, um, we're doing our our CNIS Max has just been up by 60 pounds. So that's 60 more usable pounds. In, a, in an aircraft that only weighs, you know, 1,300 pounds, that's a significant chunk. The other thing that's, you know, is the euro rate has gone down, you know, substantially. So suddenly we're offering a delivering an airplane for under 100K. That's cool. So, you know, suddenly it's back in the real realm of like, hey, wait a minute, you know, our initial interesting price is less than a Corvette ZR6. Or, you know. and,
3: and you can actually use how fast the airplane goes.
4: Exactly. And the last thing I wanted to hit that's big news for us is that Pipistro has just won a contract with the Indian air force and we're delivering 250 alpha trainers over the next three years. And we're scheduling that, but we're still keeping open slots in our production for all the other aircraft. And what does that mean for you? That means, we're not going away. We got a backorder catalog now. Like you know, we're pretending to be like Boeing or Airbus. We got, <laughs> we got a backorder catalog. Yeah. We're going to be cool. here next year and the year after that, very and cool. the year after that. And that's what we're doing. That's what's news for us. Very very cool. How about you, personal flying? What are you flying these days? Um, I'm doing some renting. I've got a little assessment uh, at our local airport, and you know, since let's see, I went down and got my glider rating again. So I've been out flying. Our uh, doing some glider flying in a Pipistrel. You know, a a self-launching motor glider. Uh, That's about all the flying I've been doing. Um, Mm -hmm. And and, uh, you you are or you are not involved with the uh, B-29 these days? I am a member of the squadron, but I just couldn't give, between coming here, my commitments to Pipistrel at uh, Sun and Fun and Oshkosh uh, really prevented me from being able to accept a commitment with them. It was just... A bridge too far of yeah. having, to, but yet another two weeks not away from work. Cool. And the well, family.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's still you. It's on your on your resume now, right? So yeah, uh, exactly. That's and very very cool.
4: I want to say from your listeners, thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> talk about airplanes. Okay, we'll talk about airplanes a little bit a bit about weather and you know this yeah. and this and
1: that. But uh, but okay, anyways. a
4: little bit about motorcycles, but airplanes. Thank you for your uh, friendship,
1: Brad, over these uh, all these years, and thank you for the chocolate. And uh, you know, um, my waistline doesn't thank you, but I do. Hey very, hey very,
4: hey. Re- I've heard it spoken that. Time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Smuggled chocolate is not fattening. I, I,
1: I, there you go. <clears throat> Nobody sees you eat it. It has zero calories. Right. Exactly. Thank you very much, Brad. We'll talk to you again. I'm sure before the week's out. Out here.
0: So what else is going on? Uh, that's a you know from my perspective. That's about it. I I, I concur with um, um, everybody's outlook here. I mean the show is looking good. I from my perspective, I agree. There are, there are no uh, empty uh, exhibitor spaces. Um, from what I've seen, um, everybody looks bright and cheerful and, and ready for the week. Uh, we were talking in the airplane Sunday um, about what we feel might be coming in the industry mm-hmm. and where we've come from. Um, We talked about how i approach that a little bit more confident a lot more confidence than i used to but i think um change is good and we see a lot of change here Mm -hmm. uh, in this industry this year uh we see uh, um, new models new variations but we see some new people coming in and all that's good
1: yeah and new people are particularly helpful yes absolutely um David, introduce us to uh, this new visitor who's just joined us on the deck here. Sure, just
3: a long old time friend of mine from, uh, well, we worked together when he was at EAA and I was still part of the show daily. Uh, Mark Schabel, uh, crack photographer, he did a lot of work for EAA and uh, about, what, 13 years ago, he moved over to Sonex aircraft, working for John and Betty Manette. I invited Mark to come up and talk to us about one of the new airframes here, which is the uh, B models of the Sonics. They've got a YX out there. They're also building a B model of the straight tail, and I'll let Mark pick it up from there and tell yeah, us about what's different. Yeah, I'd like to hear different. all about
1: that. Before you speak, I just want to say we've just, uh, just been joined, by, and I've invited Larry to come up because Larry's also a Sonic's builder, and uh, and and he might be able to help us out with this conversation. But uh, hi, Mark. How are you doing? Welcome to our little uh, podcast here. Um, what's up?
5: Hi, And you have chocolate. Ooh. Uh, we do. <laughs> thanks for chocolate. having me. Yeah, Larry has been, uh, you know, a longtime friend of the company, and he could tell you more about his history with the Monettes. Um, but, uh, yeah, we had a great first day. Um, you know, there's sun, and uh, and we're having fun. As you can see from my sunburn, there's lots of sun. Uh, we uh, uh, unveiled, if you will, uh, the B model today in the flesh, the f- public's first opportunity to see the airplane. Uh, and what we brought was the uh, uh, tail-dragger-configured YXB. And uh, the big change there is uh, really, um, on the surface, seemingly a simple change, but trickle-down, obviously, uh, a lot of changes. We basically just took the forward fuselage longerons that traditionally tapered to the firewall, and we straightened them out, so now they're parallel. And this was a change that we originally did between the original prototype uh, subsonics jet and the current JSX2 that we're that we're selling as a kit, and um, you know it really made a remarkable difference, even in the jet as a single-place aer- airplane. And so we got the idea to, to try this out with the Sonics and the YX, and uh, we're really pleased with, with what it does for us. Um, you know, we have um, an airplane that isn't uh, what I would call remarkably large. It's a forty-inch wide cockpit, um, and, and there's reasons for that. Uh, in terms of the philosophy of how we build airplanes and the performance we want to get out of them, uh, for the price we want to pay on engines and such, uh, but uh, uh, you know, you start that taper from 40 inches, and by the time you even get a couple inches forward through the upholstery and the curve of your shoulders, and your shoulders are being pinched in by that taper, and your hips, you're you're sitting a little bit reclined, so your hips are restricted even further. So um, straightening out those laundons made a made a big difference in in giving us a lot more comfort and of course gave us more room for uh, things like a larger fuel tank and a bigger panel which is uh, one of those big forgive the pun dashboard items for uh, for a lot of our customers in the modern day of uh, of uh uh, inexpensive EFIS electronics. So uh, we really kind of listened to customer feedback through the years and tried to give them a lot of things on their hit list. And we've gotten some really great feedback on that uh, just today. Uh, a lot of people coming up and saying, you know, that, those things were the only thing that was keeping me back from Masonics. And uh, so... Uh, I think we did our job uh, well with this, and I think it's going to be a popular airplane. Um, You know, uh, like I said, you know, the airplane is the size that it is for a reason. We didn't want to go hog wild on a, you know, a a 46-inch wide cockpit or what have you because, you know, that just, it just snowballs into power loading and and engines, and, okay, we need a bigger engine, and, of course, that's more money. And And you need a bigger fuel tank again. Yeah, and, yeah, so it's just really a big... uh, a big can of worms, and 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 pretty soon we start going down that road, and now we're vans or or Zenair or something like that, and either we don't have the performance, or we're spending a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so the philosophy at Sonics was always to uh, uh, that your recreational airplane shouldn't cost uh, more than a nice new car. You know, starting back in the early '70s with John and the Sonera. Well, cars have gotten more expensive, and of course airplanes have too, but we're still tracking. On that mission, and uh, that's what's really important to us is uh, the performance per dollar.
3: Yeah, how much wider will it be down by your feet with the with the B model?
5: Uh, down at the firewall and the rudder pedals, we're uh, close to eight inches total increase in width. Wow! Um, so you will notice, you know, first thing you notice when you walk up to the airplane is the cowling's significantly larger. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done some things to to the windshield and and the new cowling to really. Uh, I think, make the airplane much more aesthetically pleasing. Even though it's larger in the front, it is a better-looking airplane than the Sonics and the YX uh, were in the past. Um, and, and we've done a lot to improve the things like the build time. Um, you know, the cowling is a great example. It's the first cowling that uh, John didn't have to carve out of a block of foam because we did it all in SolidWorks, all in 3D solid CAD. And uh, a, vendor, uh, a new vendor of ours, um, CNC-Routed, A block of foam (laughs) into what became the plug (laughs) and of course you know it's symmetrically perfect and it's just a beautiful cowling and the first article cowling off the mold it took us 10 minutes to click it onto the airplane ask a current you know a a legacy sonics builder and they'll tell you that's a big difference at least 20. yeah at least 20 right (laughs) (laughs) or some would say on the extreme other end two weeks um so
6: yeah I was it's, talking it's days a days, right? days right yeah okay.
5: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah Larry you've been building work you're still working on your sonics yeah. correct? um what model are you building uh, the original Sonics. Okay. what's your imp- Are you familiar with this new model? What, what are your impressions? As you a- bet.
6: Um, I've been up to uh, the factory to see it, and John and Mark showed it to me, um, I don't know, a couple weeks ago when we were up there doing another recording for Sun and Fun Radio.
5: It was snowing, so it could have been yesterday.
6: Yeah, that's, you know, up there, it's still it's still kind of goofy weather-wise. Um, so nice to be here in the sun in oh 75. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. It was a really nice change. Um, there are so many new parts that are um, made for you, that are billeted. The quick build kit is amazing. Um, I I don't think I'm anywhere near complete, even on the work that I've been doing. Uh, as far as the quick build kit would be out of the box, you yep. know, um, it's just way advanced from anything that was available back when I first bought you know my Sonics plans. Right.
5: Right, and you know, I mean, you know, years ago we started with projects like uh, like uh, the e flight electric aircraft uh, project, and of course the subsonics that uh, people are seeing mm-hmm. at the show today. And a lot of our traditional customers were saying things like, "Well, why are you wasting time on on this thing, this stuff, there's these toys that you know that we'll never be able to attain?" And you know, the reason is because any R and D like that leads to things that benefit the whole customer sure. uh, base, and the B yeah. model is a prime example of uh what we were able to apply the things that we've learned uh to in a, in a new airframe.
1: And is that how it will work? Will will advancements, innovations in the B model find its way into the older kits or or, or just benefit the future kits?
5: It's mostly going to benefit the future kits, yeah. and you, we're we're gonna you know it's it's just like a 2016 Chevy Malibu versus a 2015. That's really what the B model is. Mm-hmm. Um, people currently building, uh, let's say you know for example sub kit builders that haven't bought their fuselage yet. Of course, we're still going to be making legacy parts, selling legacy kits, service parts, uh, all of that. But any new kit builder that wants a Sonics or YX, it will be a B model, mm-hmm. and um, you know, honestly, it's uh, it's um, it's an interesting marketplace to say the least, and we always have to challenge ourselves to uh, keep selling new product because, especially when a fleet starts getting big, you know, we've been around uh, for 18 years now, and there's a lot of Sonics out there, and there's a lot of Sonics changing hands, which is great. We love that the airplanes retaining value in the aftermarket. However, it's challenging for us to sell new product when uh, you know you got people buying airplanes on barnstormers and uh, you know if uh, well I shouldn't say this because it might happen but oh, if please, uh, please do I, I, if <laughs> if somebody takes out barnstormers you know a la cyber terrorism it probably won't be North Korea it'll probably be you know me I don't know <laughs> but uh, no you know it, it's, um, it's innovate or die in any small business and especially a market like this um, and uh, so we have to innovate. We have to come up with new stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, anything else? For you? We we have any, any other questions for him. We have to go,
5: kind of come up on a break here. So, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Well, uh, Mark, thank you for joining us. First of all, yeah. Thank you. Um, can you put a number on the number of people uh, uh, builders who have said, you know, I was going to buy this version, but now I want the B.
5: You know, that's still kind of developing. Um, we, we've got a lot of, like I said, a lot of people today in the first day of the show coming up and said, you know, I looked at you really hard, and then I kind of decided not to, and I'm still looking for a kit. Because of all the things that you, you know, all the things that now you've given me will mm-hmm. be, I'm coming back to you. So that's really what, you know, obviously what we wanted to see happen. And uh, so we're, we're, we're pleased. Um, you know, we kind of sprung the airplane on people. And, um, you know, so it, we kept it under wraps. Um it, for various reasons, and so, you know, it's still an, it, people are still marinating with the idea of it, and so I think this show is going to be a big step in getting more orders, uh, more deposits, and um, of course, airventure coming up, and I think it's going to be a successful program.
3: It's a good-looking airplane,
5: uh, and I think it was a nice transition from
3: what you'd been building, and I know a lot of builders are going to appreciate the extra four gallons. But you guys also folded in a bunch of stuff that was optional before that you've now made stock of Yeah, the pre-built
5: spars Mm -hmm. uh, in an advanced kit of what we call machined angle components. Basically anything out of extruded angle stock that people would have to make out of a bundle of that material we give you in the kit. Uh, that was an option to get it CNC machined. It's now standard in the kit, and it's just been such a prevalent option that people have been building, buying these days that we just threw it in. And of course, you know, the base price increased for that, but it sure simplifies that order form, and yeah. that's important because you know, customers, you know, you don't want them to go cross-eyed trying to figure out what they're ordering. Yeah. And uh, and you know, I think it's representative of what the building community is like nowadays. You know, they're they're it's a. It's a more demanding crowd, and uh, they know what's possible with technology, and they want it. Yeah,
1: well, that's great. Thank you for taking a few minutes. We appreciate it. And yeah, thank uh, you, uh, Mark Shabel from uh, Sonics.
5: And if you get a chance, if you're on the grounds, I take I a look at add. the YXB yeah. model. It's out there. And if it's, I could just mention else something really quick. Sure. Uh, we also lowered the price on the Subsonics Jet.
1: You know, Quite oh, significant.
5: I was going to ask you about the jet, and I thought, nah he wants to talk about the B. He doesn't want to talk well, about the jet. Oh, I cat. want to talk about the jet. I want to talk about anything you want to talk about. Give us I, to, <laughs> give us I know to, you're short for time, but Yeah,
1: well, no, well, I, I'm only short for time and taking a break. Can you stick around for a few minutes? I sure will. All right, why don't you stick around and we're going to talk about the jet in a couple minutes <laughs> and uh, and other things. So uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes. we are got to take a quick break here. Uh, we're coming to you from the 2016 edition of the Sun and Fun Fly In. We're here at uh, Sun and Fun Radio. You're listening to a very special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on Sun and Fun. Radio.
7: Hello, Aviators. This is Pilot Jim G, and you're listening to Sun and Fun Radio WPEP 788, broadcasting at 1510 a.m. from Lakeland, Florida, and streaming live on the web at
6: liveATC.net forward slash SNF. And now back to the Sun and Fun Radio deck, brought to you in part by Shoreline Aviation Services.
1: And we're back here on the uh, deck at Sun and Fun Radio at the 2016 edition of the Sun and Fun Fly in here at Lakeland Airport. Beautiful evening this afternoon, or e- evening this afternoon. How's that sound, huh? That's because I'm a radio professional. Um, it- it's just spectacular out here um, in the uh, Florida, late afternoon, early evening. Um, sun setting, uh, uh, kind of angling in over the exhibit area here. Lots of airplanes out in the uh, over the runway, 927, 927, right? I always get this. Well, right now
3: they're using 9.
1: Okay. Yes, but it's nine two seven is the runway up and down uh, out in front of the uh, exhibit area here, and uh, uh, lots of airplanes going out there in the uh, in the probably departure pattern, right? There, these are these are daily departures. I just saw a formation flight takeoff, off. Looked like a photo mission. Yeah, I noticed that. It was a, it was like two or even three aircraft all together, and uh, and then I see two and more. there's so usually a lot of that goes
3: on here in the evenings.
1: Yeah. And some in the mornings when
3: we're lucky enough to be sleeping in.
1: Still got people checking out some of the exhibit areas and, uh, the uh, it's it's you know it's quieting down. This is one of the quiet evenings. Later in the week, it gets it's becomes a, a it doesn't slow down as the air show ends um, or as the day air show ends because on Wednesday and Saturday there's actually an evening air show and evening and activities night and show night show and uh, that's pretty cool. So uh, lots going on here at the uh, 2016 Sun and Fun Flying. Uh, if you aren't here, you ought to be. Uh, Mark Shabel still with us here, and uh, um, we've also been joined by a good old friend of the podcast, Dan Johnson, is with us. Uh, from LAMA the president and chairman of the board of LAMA great to be back with you but but more to the point the guy who taught David how to fly that's that's really the thing. Right, Let's you, keep
8: you, our priorities straight here. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <It's> so,
1: <laughs> really, not his fault. It was my ambition.
0: Now, but now that's ecumenical. That <laughs>
8: we're
1: gonna have Dan tell us all about what's the latest, greatest going on in the LSA world in just a second here. But uh, but Mark, before you have to run off here, yeah. you were
5: teasing us with references to the jet a minute ago. The, I was. The so sonic's
1: jet. What's going on the there? The
5: subsonics jet. So what we've done, you know, we've got uh, uh, the first uh, seven customer airplanes out there, the early adopters. And, uh, you know, without them, we wouldn't be where we are today with the program. Uh, We've had Bob Carlton flying uh, a full season of air show in 2015. Uh, He's into his 2016 uh, season and flew uh, today for us during air show, actually opened the show after the jumpers. Um, He'll be doing night show this week, Wednesday and Saturday. It was really
3: cool last year.
5: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He debuted that at Air Venture last year, and uh, that's one of the things Bob is known for is the the pyro work that he did with the, uh, with the soup with the uh, uh, jet powered salto, and now with the subsonics as well. Um, so we're at a place where you know the jets have been out there for a while, and you know, you know we're always looking for that customer feedback, just like just like the B model, and you know it it we we introduced it for a jet at an amazing price, but you know the builders we wanted to reach just weren't quite ready you know able to hack it at that price and so um, we uh, took a look at uh, you know what it really took to produce those seven airplanes those first seven airplanes Uh, took a hard look at our margins sharpened our pencils a little bit and uh, also took and separated the kit out Uh, so now the kit can be purchased separate from the engine and we separated out things like the upholstery and uh, and the BRS, which is kind of an optional thing. We've had one customer opt out of it so far, but still a great option. Um, and uh, so now we have a quick-build kit for the airframe uh, f- at a price of $42,000. And uh, that is a, a very complete quick-build kit, including all the hardware, uh, the, the retractable gear system, Everything you need. Um, And then from that, you add the engine, uh, your choice of avionics, whether you buy the packages we offer or not. uh, And, again, upholstery, whether you buy what we offer or have your own made. And then however you're going to finish the airplane, if you're going to paint it, polish it, Uh whatever, that's up to you. So uh Kit plus engine, uh you know, at the current exchange rate the engine is at fifty five thousand US dollars, uh and it's of course dependent on the euro. Uh that's currently fifty five thousand. So just under a hundred thousand and you have kit plus engine. Which, you know, is still a, a fair chunk of change, but, you know, compared to, well, let's say factory production LSAs uh, and other other options you might have out there. We talked to a lot of guys who, uh, you know, just sold, uh, you know, an L-39 or something as well and, you know, looking to economize. And, um, you know, we're looking to reach them, of course, and really we want to reach everybody because um, it is the dream embodied and, uh, you know, to, to go fly a jet and, you uh, you know, if you you know, it's still a little more expensive than a piston, uh, certainly. But uh, we're we're doing everything we can to make it attainable for uh, uh, as attainable as possible.
3: And before you were selling a complete kit avionics engine and everything.
5: Well, it, the the engine, yes, the upholstery, the BRS uh, was all part of it. The avionics were still optional because we know not everybody wants to use what we force them to use. It was the last thing we wanted to do. Our big concern, you know, look, we, we're we're um, We're following in some footsteps that have a a multicolored history uh, with this airplane. So, you know, we did not want a bunch of of airframes out there that didn't have engines. Because we didn't want to appear to be duplicating the experience of the BD-5 and uh... so you know we're doing it better we're doing it more successfully i think we have a much better airframe uh... for for the purpose it's purpose-built to be a jet and uh... and so we wanted we wanted that stuff to all go together so that these guys were having complete packages and i think it was the right move at the time um, but uh... you know now it's at the point where we want to give options we want to we want to make it uh... be flexible so that more people can can get into this and uh... Uh, And we can put this airplane in the hands of more people.
1: Very, very cool. Did
3: you have a question, David? I was just going to say, when you break it down into smaller bites, it's a little easier to write a check for 40-odd thousand and do the airframe and then add the engine when the the bank account's replenished. Right. The avionics as you need them. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, that was a big chunk. That was a six-figure-plus check, the way you originally packaged it. It, it.
5: was. And, and, you know, if, if of all people, we at Sonics are not those people. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, you know, boy, uh, that's, a, that's a big nut. And uh, so, you know, I think we're, we're staying truer to our roots, to our, our philosophy, um, and I think we're, we're truer to our following with the way that we've organized it now and the way we've priced it now. And yeah. uh, we, wanna, we just want to get the airplane out there. We've got a transition training program through Bob Carlton, uh, through his bonus jet two-place sailplane that uses the same engine system. And, of course, you can come fly uh, transition training in the Sonics uh, in, at, our, at our place in Oshkosh. And uh, so we have, we've got 10, 10 pilots so far that uh, we've been able to get uh, uh, qualified with LOAs. Um, So that's, that's that's pretty remarkable. And, uh, and so we've, we're well-established and we've, we've carved out, we've carved out acceptance within the FAA for, oh my my God, it's a jet.
0: (laughs) I want to see how dull that knife is.
5: Right. Yeah. Um, You know, it, it you know, it's an airplane that still stalls at 58 miles an hour. You know, it just happens to have a different power plant. Mm -hmm. It has flaps. It has a a dirt simple engine to operate. It's plug and play. The computer does everything. Installation, you, you, you eliminate a lot of variables in terms of installation error with the system. And, of course, operation is as simple as can be. But, oh, my God, it's a jet. And that was the reaction we got from the FAA when we first went to fly JSX-1. I mean, they'd had all kinds of ridiculous things that they wanted us to do, um, you know, taking off and landing in two different directions, for instance, so that we would, uh, you know, not fly over the city of Oshkosh. That's a great idea for a, a jet that's going to take a little more runway, um, you know, those sorts of things. Uh so you know I think we've finally gotten through to them and they've seen what we've been able to successfully do with the airplane and Bob with the air show is a huge compa- uh, you know a huge component to that you know being able to fly that season as well as he as he is to demonstrate the airplane so well and even Bob himself is getting more comfortable with the airplane flying it slower in the pattern slower in approach taking up less runway to land we've got better brakes on the airplane now as well so I mean it's just it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a sweetheart of an airplane uh, to handle um, it's very much like flying a glider is what everybody tells me. Now I haven't, I haven't personally flown it yet, but uh, it's um, uh, very much like flying a glider, and, sa- and sailplane uh, experience is a great way to train in the airplane.
1: Yeah, well, that's very, very cool. Thank you so much for coming and tell us about all these airplanes. That's great. Um, our, our very best to so everybody in the family back at Sonex. Thank, um, Thank you. You know. I, I've been talking with my friend Dave Higden here about airplanes, lots of different airplanes over the years, and he's only recently revealed that he's building the Sonics, right. but he's been talking about it for about a year now, and I have to tell you that I I see him talking about his YX, uh with about as uh, as much excitement as I've seen him talk about any plane airplane over the years he's very very happy about this and it's uh, it's uh, you know it's that's pe- what we're in the business to becoming do becoming a big part of his life is and to, it's, it's uh, thrilling to watch and you do, know
5: we're that's what we're here for is you know at the end of the day you know we've got to keep the doors open and and you know sell things but really what we're here to do is is make people's dreams of flying come true and uh, that's what we're in the business of and it uh, sounds cliche but really when you boil it down that's why we all got into this yeah. all all of us at this table yeah. very very and, cool uh, and very, especially very... at Sonic Dan thank you for letting me impose on some of your time here as it no, tickled probably. everybody with the Glad to hear myself.
1: one more thing before you go yep. uh, where can people find you here at Sun and Fun and where can they find you on the internet
5: yeah so here at Sun and Fun we're in the northeast exhibit area uh, both uh, booths 11 and 29 which are actually right next to each other it's basically that End cap of the row of booths right across from Vans Aircraft. Um, so it's uh, hard, to, hard to miss us, although we don't have any yellow airplanes here this year. We've got a red one and a gray one. <laughs> and online at uh, www.sonicsaircraft.com. Very good. Thank you very much, Mark Schabel from Sonics Aircraft. Thank you.
1: And Dan's here. Hi, Dan. Well, it's good to be back with the UCAP boys once again. I know, huh? Um, I, you, me too. I'm here with the UCAP boys <laughs> for the past couple of days. It's always an adventure. Um, how are you doing? How's things going in the LSA world? I was. I got a chance to just wander through there quickly this afternoon. I didn't really chance to look closely, but it, it's, I mean, I've said this
8: last year, and it's even more true now. It's a happening place over there. It's a, kind of come back, you know, it's a dozen years since the LSA aircraft the light sport aircraft came on the scene and when we first did we kind of ran over everybody with a light sport uh, that is a light kit or an ultralight which nobody intended that well maybe somebody did but we didn't anyway and the result was that uh, while one was coming up the other was going down and that area suffered over there and yet it's really an air show within the air show and it's got its own charm and its own runway, it really which is now much of, improved. Yeah, it and,
1: really has a, a, that kind of a feel of, a, of, an, of another show, a show within a, a show. It's a
8: different kind of thing completely. The the pace is different. And the airplanes are all kind of goofy looking to some people. But you know what? They all go off in the air and they all produce a smile, mm-hmm. kind of like what Mark Shable was saying. Basically, he sells smiles. Airplanes come with a territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, what's notable about down there this year? What's uh, you know? I mean, I know I know you represent the entire field of LSA uh, aircraft, but uh, is there anything in particular that stands out as a as a new maybe a new entry this
8: year? Well, uh, we got a couple of. Uh, first of all, we got a couple new entries. The list is now up to 140 airplanes that have achieved SLSA approval. That's special light sport aircraft. That means a fully built uh, factory factory built airplane that FAA has accepted. Some people call them certified. It's not right. That's not the right term. They're accepted by FAA. Mm-hmm. They meet ASTM standards, and that's how that works. And that happens around the globe, which is really the big part of the story. In the United States, the sales are kind of muddling along, I would say, much like Gamma is reporting for the general aviation world. Gamma's a little bit down the last year, uh, Lightsport is a little bit down the last year, too. But that's U.S. Uh, and the reality of it is 80% of those airplanes are sold outside of the U.S. So in 2014, here's an interesting factoid. In 2014, Gamma reported 969 single-engine piston airplanes sold worldwide. Oh, yeah. Worldwide. There were 3,000 light sport aircraft type airplanes. They're not always called that. Sometimes they're called ultralights. In Europe, they still call them that. They're essentially the same airplane. Other places are called very light aircraft. They're all basically the same thing. There were more than 3,000 of them sold. That's more than three times as many. And Americans tend not to recognize that. We know we're the biggest aviation market. There's no change in that fact. But in this sector, the rest of the world is a big part of it. So if you meet ASTM standards, you can right away go into about 16 countries. Bang. You don't have to go get approval from them. You're already in. you got to meet some local conditions and whatnot. There's some differences. For example, in Europe, you can have a constant speed or an in-flight adjustable prop. You cannot have that here that's an faa thing versus a european regulatory thing but it's the same essential airplane and so differences like that make it possible to make variations on the theme but basically you don't have to go recertify and that's huge for these small companies many of which are 20 people in the company making airplanes that's sort of unheard of in the ga world of certified aircraft where you got 20 people on your compliance staff to make sure you meet the codes and, uh, you, you you know, then you got to have other people build an airplane. So they really have a special kind of situation. So we just got the two newest ones. We're now up to 140. One of them was our friends at Glass Air making their first foray into fully built airplanes with the really? Merlin LSA. I saw all that. Right. I saw a picture of that. Just got yeah. their approval. And another weird one that you won't even see here because they're marketing to the boat community. That's the Skyrunner, which is sort of this gnarly as all get out looking dune buggy thing with a... Uh, powered parachute above it, and the military is just—they, I think the military is like the first 150 orders of it. They already went nuts for it. It just looks as gnarly as it gets, like a, <laughs> like a you know Japanese road rocket only with four wheels, and it goes up in the air too. And uh, go figure it out from there. But it is a fun thing. They just got their—they're not quite done with all the eyes dotted yet, but they got their approval, and they'll finish up with the paperwork, and then they'll be good to go. So up to 140 of these animals now. Man, that's a lot of new designs. In 12 years. In 12 years. So that's almost one a month every month for 12 years straight. Nothing like that in aviation history that I'm aware of.
3: Now you, we dragged we dragged you away from a social event that was uh, geared to introduce people to something new in the uh, yeah I wanted sport to ask you about that. Community. So
1: here's my intro to that question. Um, it's kind of an embarrassment of riches in the air in the whole LSA sport aviation world these days. We, we were uh, UCap was at the uh, Sebring show uh, this past January, and that's a kind of happening fun show, and it's been growing every year for the past few years. And now we're going to get another sport aviation uh, themed show, or at least they're going to try. Um, up in uh, what is it deland airport
8: Deland, actually and in my backyard very convenient first of all the sebring show is still on they're scheduled again for 2017 uh 12 years 13 years i'm starting to lose track there's enough numbers there now that i think maybe it's 13 because they started right with light sport but this is an addition a new thing this is another thing entirely and the show is part of it but they've also got something they're calling the sport aviation village which is a a whole segment of the airport that is dedicated to light aviation of various kinds, not just light sport, light kits, ultralights, all those kind of light end of things, where they perceive the growth to be happening, and the number I gave a moment ago kind of verifies. And uh, that is a gung-ho airport. it has been It is the world's capital for skydiving and parachute making. Was, Most people don't even know that. But I, right.
3: I jumped there years ago. Yeah, uh, back really, before yeah. I learned to hang glide at your school, I was down in Florida
8: making my fifth and sixth parachute jumps. It was at, at Deland, right. Yeah. So they have thirty-five parachute businesses on the field. Really? Wow. Employing five to seven hundred people. It fluctuates a little bit depending on things. So this is a this is a fairly major industry in the town of Deland. The city is gung ho behind it. The state is behind it. They have funding. They're ready to go. They got a great airport manager who's got a very interesting story of his own. His name is John Ive. And uh, Jana Phillip is going to be the head of the show and the sport aviation development. So she's yeah. got a bunch of years of experience, and uh, right, she came out of Sebring. It's yeah. going to be interesting. She's right? been running the Sebring show for all these years. That's and, correct. And yeah, now she's kind of for the sp- past few. yeah. she's off been off with the, it since the beginning, but she's been the director of right. it for I think five years.
1: For people who are not familiar, kind of help us place where Deland is in Florida. What, what towns? What cities is it near? Well, it's very easy
8: for me to do that because it's about 25 minutes from my house. So for the first time ever I go to an air show and sleep in my own bed. I've okay. never done that. All right. In, Isn't that a in wonderful seventy-five years of going to air <laughs> shows?
1: It's, so, it's- yeah. But I'm not sure if we want to tell everybody exactly where you live. So let's <laughs> do it a different way. Okay. Uh, how about it's, uh, as I understand it, it's just inland from Daytona? Is Daytona
8: Beach, uh, which is a very famous beach and the home of Embry-Riddle and the home of an airport called Spruce Creek Flying that a lot of people know about. So straight inland from that, about 20 minutes drive okay. from and, that. And not quite as
1: close, but north of Orlando is another way of thinking of it, right? Yeah, well, yeah,
8: yeah. It's about uh, 45 minutes out of Orlando, depending go. on what part of Orlando you come from. The main airport about 45 minutes away. But...
1: By saying all that, what we're saying is that it's sort of in the midst of a couple of really big population
8: centers. Yes, it's fairly close to a lot of population. There's a lot to do there. There's Stetson College there, so there's a whole college influence in town, which means, as somebody said, the restaurants don't all close at 730 at night. (laughs) It's nice for the air show crowd who needs to get out and fly as long as they can and then go to a restaurant. There's a bunch of good restaurants there. It's also the county seat for the uh, county of Volusia there. and uh, So there's a lot of things kind of going on there, but this airport is just... They turned down a control tower. The city wanted to pay the money to get them a control tower, and they said, no way, we don't want it. Really? And so they have said no to that. This is a recreational airport. They are not trying to become a jet port somehow or any of that. They are saying, bring it on. We like it all. We asked them about conflict with the skydiving guys. They said, they're totally on board with this show. They'll be part of it. And uh, it's all good that I can see, so we wish them well. It's very hard to start a new event. Oh, yeah. When's um, the inaugural? And so the, yeah, the yes. inaugural one uh, follows the NBAA show, which has no relation to it, but there'll be a lot of media people in town, and they're capitalizing on that. That happens in the first couple of days of November. Right. So they're going November 3 to 5, 2016. And this is a preliminary show, and they, they're they saying right up front, we don't know how it's going to go, but we've got a lot of good plans. We've got the right airport for it. And if it's a go i expect it will repeat and frankly that's what i expect anyway so yeah Yeah. very exciting very very cool What else in the LSA world's going on here? What can you tell us about? Well, as long as we mentioned that uh, they were having a reception party tonight, I'd like to tell you a little bit about what's going on with the Llama Show Center Pavilion down there. Please do. We have this giant tent that uh, thanks to our friends at Aviators Hotline, who I want to give a shout-out to. I know they help the radio show as well, so that's all good here at Sun and Fun Radio. And you're doing some sort of arm wrestling or something, right? Well, like, uh, well, we already did that, and uh, I think they won. But anyway, we got them to help us a lot, and uh, we very, very much appreciate uh, the crowd at Heartland Communications. and you're doing
1: some sort of uh, debate kind of thing, right? Yeah, kind of
8: like that. So we had the first one. So every day we do one today. We'll do it again on on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Tomorrow we have a bunch of aviation writers. Uh That's going to be kind of interesting. On Thursday uh, we'll have Avionics, all the top producers. And on Friday we'll have Apps. And, again, all the top producers have all committed to be down there most of those people had to be told where paradise city is mm-hmm. not all in fact all the writers <laughs> that we picked are all people who have experience in light aircraft so that was kind of fun but all the other guys kind of like uh, so where's paradise city again Yeah, well, that's why you need to get down there. You know, they Mm -hmm. buy stuff, too.
3: To to, to quote a line I used to hear you use all the time, two blocks down, take a left, you can't miss it.
8: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, a lot of fun stuff going on there, and uh, you know, it's just... Well, and parties every night. So every single night from 5 to 7, the one I had to leave was the one about the land, but uh, tomorrow night we're going to honor a very dear friend of ours in uh, in Lama and in the light aviation community, Greg Ellsworth, who passed away recently, and uh, we're going to have a party for him down there on... uh, Wednesday, so come on down and uh, help celebrate our our departed comrade. And then on um, uh, Thursday night, uh, Swift Fuels will be hosting a party. Oh, cool. And uh, the pub- Excuse me, excuse me. Uh, th- Thursday night is Hanson Air Group, and then Friday night is Swift Fuels, and Saturday night is the Flying Musicians having an acoustic jam. So something going on every night. And the public is invited. Public's invited, there's no cost. Uh, when a vendor is uh, doing it, they're offering some uh, drink tickets. Which I'll get to in just a second, and some of the others you'll bring your own or whatever, but uh, a good time every night, no cost at all. The drink ticket part of it is we have our first beer garden down there, and it's right attached to us, and in fact, you can buy beer and come on in and sit out of the shade or out of the sun in the shade and watch the flying going on it's at Paradise City Runway. So a lot of new things going on. David, I know I'm a rule of the past. If you're a hang glider pilot, one thing you don't do is change more than one thing at a time. That's right. Don't fly with a new wing and a new sight with a new harness and a new helmet and new instrument. You just don't do that. You change one thing, and hopefully then it works out. But (laughs) if you change too many things, it has a way of adding up on you. Well, we wouldn't change everything all at once this year. But so far, so good. It's holding together. People seem to like what we're doing down there. And uh, come on down and have a look. And it's
3: so good to see that kind of restored energy going on down there. It reminds me a little bit more of what you and I were encountering here 20 and 25 years ago. It
8: used to be a real happening place. Got kind of quiet, but that's gone. It's back. The runway's better than ever, and uh, the place is humming with activity. All kinds of weird little airplanes and some very normal little ones, too. Yeah. Very,
1: very cool. Well, thank you, Dan. We appreciate you taking some my time. Pleasure. Coming down. President and Chairman of the Board of LAMA, the Light Aircraft Manufacturers Association.
8: How'd I do? Got it just right. There we L-A-M-A. go. LAMA.BZ. And i got to put in a personal plug, too. Absolutely. Where, that, where do people find you on the internet? For all things affordable aviation, that's my tagline now, the airplanes that people can actually afford. Go to BuyDanJohnson. That's BYDanJohnson.com. Most of it's free. There you go. Excellent. Perfect. Thank you so much. My Deesh pleasure. Thanks always. for having me.
1: Thank you. We got a, couple, a break coming up in a couple minutes here, but before we go to break, I just wanted to kind of reminisce. Uh, reminisce, it happened two days ago. Um, we did something really cool uh, a couple of days ago uh, in celebration of uh, our episode number four hundred, which is quite a milestone. Maybe artificial, but we like it anyways. Artificial? Well, you know who, who's who's to say that the hundreds are somehow magical? You know zero zero, but uh, but they are, and and we've had fun with our hundred episode, you know, hundred mark episodes in the past, um, and. Uh, and we we wanted we you know this one was coming up kind of unpredictably and we wanted to kind of find something that we, we could do to to celebrate the uh, the milestone and uh, what we came up with was uh producing an episode that was very different from any episode we've ever done before and it was just a lot of fun um, on uh, a couple days ago on Sunday uh we we happened to all be here uh, down visiting with Jeb at his home down in Hidden River and we all just kind of mounted up into the uh, into his debonair, along with some uh, digital audio recorders and, and cameras, and uh, uh, went out flying around Florida for the day. Uh, and uh, we went on up to uh, visit our friend James Winbrand up in St. Augustine, and uh, and then flew on down to uh, to. Uh, uh, um Fort Myers. Fort Myers. Thank you. Excuse me. To visit with Amy Labota and uh, and and recorded some conversations with those folks, and we're uh, gradually putting all together. Um, it's it's going to be a two-part episode. Uh, the first part is already posted and on the internet, and uh, it is uh, is there in our stream right now and uh, in iTunes. You can take a look at it there. Um, it was just a lot of fun. Um, it's not only. Uh, uh, a milestone for our episode 400, but it's the kickoff for this what we're calling our our 10th anniversary season. Um, as we kind of uh, uh, crow a little bit and celebrate the fact that we've been doing this podcast for 10 years, so uh, we're 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 just kind of having fun with this, and uh, and uh, you know we're going to do more of it. But uh, um, throughout the summer, you're going to hear us talking about UCap 10. And if you're at all interested, find the episode UCap 400, number 400. Um, it's uh, in our stream on our website uh, on, in iTunes, and. Uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have anything to add about uh, that whole day. No, it was a,
0: it was a great, great fun on my part. Um, always, always great to see James and Amy, and uh, um, had had a great time with you guys. So uh, we'll we'll do it again soon.
3: David, any any excuse to go flying. There you go.
1: Yeah, we got a. Uh, this is a. I'm not sure where this comes from, but we've got a, some sort of social media thing from a listener in Burlington, Ontario, Canada, um, Terry S. Uh, writes, hey folks, listening to the show and wanted to give a shout out to friends from the CAF Redtail Squadron, uh, namely Bill Shepard. I don't know if I should say these people's no, names on. They Bill, the uh, bill Shepard and Ken Mist and local volunteers, they're uh, uh, apparently Florida residents in the winter, um, and also Peter Thompson, who's working as uh, part of the SNF ground crew. Um, uh, that's great, Terry. Thank you. We appreciate your uh, checking in with us here. We got another Tony one from Mobile. Another one uh, uh, from from who's this now? Tony, oh, to- from, Tony Mobile. from Mobile. Hi, Tony. How you doing? I haven't been. been been uh, t- tweeting with Tony for the last few days. He's been very supportive of us in the whole uh, episode 400 thing. Coming in clear in Mobile, Alabama. Congrats, you Cap, on a decade and episode 400 part one was awesome. He spells awesome in a really awesome way. I'll show it to you later on. A w s u m. I wish I could be there, What the live feed is like being there. Thanks, SNF Radio and Live ATC for the live feed. And uh, one more. One more. Oh, okay, this is cool. Here we go. Just wanted to let you know that uh, from our perspective, the folks at... What is this,
2: David? Is this the one,
1: really? What is that?
2: Well, I came in while you guys were on the air, so I figured I should
1: show Yeah, it. okay. All right. Well, well, we'll come back to that one later on. Anyways, we're going to take a break here. Um, we're coming to you from the uh, grounds of the 2016 Sun and Fun Fly-In. Nothing like love I am going to say live radio, folks. Know, it doesn't huh? get any better than that. I know. That. <laughs> and so, uh, well, you didn't say nice things about UCAP in the first line, so I'm not going to read that. Uh, it's, a bu- <laughs> <laughs> it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful evening here in Lakeland, Florida, and uh, we're going to sit here and enjoy some more. We're going to come back in a few minutes and talk to another great friend of ours. Uh, and uh, and uh, and just kind of enjoy the evening. But right now, uh, we've got to take a break. You're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on Sun and Fun Radio.
6: And now back to the Sun and Fun Radio deck, brought to you in part by Shoreline Aviation Services.
3: And we're back.
1: We're back. Thank you, David. <laughs> well, we discovered last summer at that other air show up the road that you do this better than me. So uh, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that yeah, far. No, I, had, I had good help. That per, day. Perhaps
0: not as willingly, but
1: you, you did have some good help. But you did a terrific job. That was really, really good up there. And uh, yeah. You can do this anytime you want. we got people, things are happening out here on the grounds. This is not, you know, nighttime dead and everybody gone home. There's the people wandering around. Uh, they, and
3: they, they don't roll up the taxiway here when, no. the, when
1: the show stops. No. No. So we're here uh, at the uh, 2016 uh, Sun and Fun Flying. Uh, we got, still got airplanes. What time do they close the airspace here? It's uh, well, it's only seven o'clock. It's, uh, it's not going to close yet. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of airplanes in the uh, in the sky over the runway out here. And yeah, the uh, arrival conga line is still uh, is still busy. The sun's uh, gradually setting. I would imagine around about sunset is when they'll they'll close the runway. They closed it last night at eight. Did they at eight? Okay. Um, I'm Jack Hodgson, still here with uh, Dave Higdon and, uh, and uh, Jeb Burnside, and we're joined uh, here on the deck in our virtual hangar by another long uh, longtime friend of ours and friend of the podcast, um, Ben Sclair of uh, General Aviation News, publisher and, 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 and uh, chief bottle washer. And, uh, exactly. Hi, Ben. How you doing? Great. Okay. So uh, you, you uh, wear uh, I, at least two hats here at, at Sun and Fun Flying. Um, uh, you certainly are uh, collecting stories and, re- and doing reporting for uh, General Aviation News, your ongoing uh, publication. Um, you guys are still doing the daily here,
9: right? Yeah, we produce Sun and Fun today for, yeah. uh, for Sun and Fun, for the organization. So, so
1: the, the, uh, the, the, the show newspaper that gets handed out here throughout the week is yep. uh, you guys' work. And yep. You uh, guys have
3: been doing that a long time now, haven't you? Eighteen years. Boo wah! Wow.
9: Yeah, which yeah. I can't believe I'm that old. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, your kid's going to be on the staff pretty soon, right? You know, and uh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> She's
1: way smarter than me. <laughs> um, I want to ask you about uh, the uh, your 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 impressions of the show here. But first, I want to ask you, uh, what in the world are you thinking, bringing this reprobate? jeb burnside onto your uh <laughs> no, no no i'm joking
9: it, jeb's been doing some interesting stuff for you it, he has yeah we was uh pilot related i believe is pilot what we're calling it the column and uh, yeah once a month it's uh it's a great unique voice uh with uh with some flying and some wit and some creativity i'm 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 I don't know if i'm enjoying it yeah. I, I think our readers are as well but yeah. uh Jeb, can,
3: and with what, all that wit he's what, using more than half of his
0: yeah and i've been enjoying doing it and it's uh i'm very grateful for the opportunity
1: yeah Thanks. we've been talking about it for many years
3: yes. and it's
0: uh, finally you know, got it finally going. got something going yeah. so
1: jeb what's that column all about from your perspective what are you going for
0: there uh i'm going for uh, kind of a mix of things all of which are are pilot related but uh uh some of the 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 whimsical things that go on in aviation, some of the interesting things, uh, but generally the kinds of things that pilots, uh, in my view anyway, need to know or should be interested in, uh, and talking about other things just from that pilot's perspective.
9: Yeah. Yeah. Gr- ground, ground looping a baron. <laughs> ground looping a baron. Right. Watching, watching birds learn to fly. Watching birds learn to fly. Yeah. Uh, I haven't was, seen that one. I'll have to check that. So, one. I mean, some very creative. Uh,
0: Working the work it, it, in the the line at uh, yeah. the local airport back yeah. in the seventies. Uh-huh. All, all that kind of stuff.
1: Good right. stuff. Good stuff. And so that's in the uh, print magazine or newspaper. You call a newspaper or magazine? It's a newspaper. Newspaper. Yeah. yeah in sure. the print newspaper, and uh, and I also see it online from time to time. It's, it's in the uh, the email and uh, yeah yeah. yeah yeah but you guys do two issues
3: a month or two an issue every two weeks <laughs> two a
9: month I've got to think about okay. that first see second. what I go through <laughs> see
1: what I go through here
3: um, well there's a difference the, One's one's twenty six times a year right? the other one 's twenty four times it, a year
9: and we we did twenty six times a year for years and, i remember and and every every time you know so two months out of the year you have three issues and advertisers would always call when they get that third invoice and they're like what uh i've already paid my two for this month and remember that See, contract Jeff, this
1: is what we were talking about That's the right. other night That's i was right. talking about almost exactly the same thing i know exactly what you're talking about
9: yeah. how's things going what's uh, what's going on in the industry what's going on here at the show what are you seeing i you know the show is uh you know it Yesterday and today were set up days. So, running around head down, trying to get everything and all the banners up and get everybody situated and passes out and all that stuff. Um, you know, we sat, Janice, my editor, and I, we sat in with lights uh, yesterday, uh, say Monday. No, Sunday, Sunday afternoon. And, uh, you know, the big thing was that, that came away, that I came away with was just the, the financial turnaround of the show. You know, they it, it, he sat there, and said, on the record, he goes, five years ago, we were $2.5 million in debt. Mm-hmm. And now we're five hundred thousand dollars to the good to the good with yeah. with another account that's got one hundred and fifty hundred sixty thousand building in an endowment. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and
1: I would imagine. Now, did he talk about this? If the budget, if the FAA budget goes through, then they're off the hook for the tower stuff too, right?
9: Or, or are they already off the? How did that uh, work? That sounds like that's an amendment in in the legislation. Yeah, um, but. Which hasn't passed? It hasn't passed. And but, it passed.
1: but, and it, and it, but I mean, the, the I mean, hope it's, is it's in an, the Senate bill. It's in the Senate bill. That, but I guess maybe what I'm not clear on, and maybe you don't even know the answer to this, is uh, is is was has Sun and Fund been play, paying for the tower bill for the last few years, or did I know they found a a, a, a patron that, who was helping them with that? And uh,
9: last year was the first year, and that was uh, Florida restaurant, right? Some sort of tourism organization, tourism organization. Uh, stepped up and helped them out. Yeah, and, big uh, time. Yeah, huge. And and, uh, uh, and they're also a premier sponsor again this year. Um, I don't know if they're helping cover that bill. But yeah. but, uh, but the organization's in great financial shape. They've, they're
3: in I, very I good shape. Well, I saw that. that surplus that Ben was talking about, Lights mentioned it at his briefing up at the media, media center this morning, and what he didn't mention was that that surplus is accrued While they've continued to put money into the grounds, invest in those new buildings you were talking about, uh, the changes on the field, the improvements on the Paradise City runway, uh, the changes out on Warbirds. So they've continued to advance the state of the art of their showgrounds and put money back.
9: And keep funding scholarships, teaching high school kids how to fly. Yeah, Yeah, the largest
3: high school, aviation high school in the world. Yeah. and, and that's just
1: really come about in the last five or six years. Yeah,
9: absolutely, it's mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah, um,
1: any other stories? I, I know you're you know you're 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 not really a writer, you're not really a reporter anymore, right? You're an administrator, you're a publisher. I, yeah, uh, I just, he's but, a suit. I, I,
9: as I as I often say in the you know, fellow uh, print media people around the world will relate to this you know i just i often just run to the bank with truckloads of cash <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. right, right. You know, uh, yeah. because
1: somebody's got to do it right, yeah. right. Somebody.
9: well somebody's somebody's you see what it. big pockets he yeah. runs around with <laughs> yeah, anyway right. at yeah. some point they get full and they're empty yeah. so
1: um how about in the the aviation world in general you have any perspective on how where we're doing you know we, we just did our episode 400 and one of the questions we were asking everyone was how aviation is different good or bad you know whatever over the last 10 years what's your perspective on that I mean are, are we in a better place now are we in a worse place are we optimistic
9: I think that answer uh, is completely predicated on the person you ask yeah. I, I am a by gen by uh, by definition a pretty positive person Mm -hmm. so i think uh, i think things are good um could they be better of course they could be better um is is flying expensive yeah if you fly a learjet or a brand new whatever yeah it's pricey Mm -hmm. can you get into it pretty affordably sure can Mm -hmm. cub doesn't cost that much a 152 doesn't cost that much i think used aircraft pricing is probably as low as it's been if not in a long time, as low as it's ever been, um, and there's all kinds of great equipment out there, iPads and uh, you know we we had, we know more stuff about about airspace and flying and all that than we probably ever have mm
3: hmm yeah, there's more live information available in the cockpit Absolutely. than anyone ever imagined.
9: Situational awareness has been yeah.
0: vastly improved over the last 10 years. Yeah.
3: so and you can still go out and buy a used 150, uh, 152, a Cherokee 140, uh, uh, an older 172 for twenty, twenty-five grand. get your ticket. And it's still three times faster than driving. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, yeah.
1: Well, thanks for taking a few minutes and stopping by. Absolutely. Um, tell it where can people find uh, the uh, the newspaper and the online stuff. Uh, tell us your website. And, so,
9: General Aviation News is generalaviationnews.com. dot uh, com. Facebook. I'm I'm proud to crow. We have I think one of the largest Facebook audiences out there. A uh, little over 25,000 followers. That's wow. great. Um, yeah. And that's facebook.com, Oh boy. Slash GA News, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then uh, at gen avenues for twitter but uh and then here on the grounds yep. check out the pink boxes with uh with sun and fun today and right. yep. pick them up and uh we got those online yeah. as well and the I'm,
3: price is right you go stick your hand in the box you pull out a newspaper yeah, yeah. Right.
1: I, and i've been particularly enjoying i think i mentioned to you this a while back the uh the email stuff that you do. Um, yeah. how do how do people get tell us a little bit about what those are and how one signs up for
9: them so we we produce uh content uh five six days a week We produce an email, um, not unlike a lot of other email newsletters, uh, that, uh, is driven by the content we post on our website and it goes out Monday through Friday at seven or eight in the morning and, uh, to a continually organically growing list. We call it the pulse of aviation Mm -hmm. and, uh, you can sign up for that at uh, at That's
1: great, and Jeb stuff
9: appears there from time to time. Every yeah, now and, uh, about once a month. Here that's right. when we see the nice spike in traffic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from the FBI. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if it drops down suddenly, that's a spike as well, right? R- yeah. Right. I, I didn't <laughs> say which direction. <laughs> yeah, it. okay. <laughs> All right. It's I, I forget which. Ben Sclair the uh, publisher and chief bottle washer at General Aviation News. Thank you, Ben. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. It. We'll see oh, you. Always later. a pleasure. We'll see you some more this week, I'm sure
3: you guys got four more issues or five more issues four more issues Four more four more more issues
1: yeah collect the whole (laughs) but who's counting but yeah not that you're
0: paying that close attention (laughs) yeah
1: yeah, yeah. i don't know if people heard him he said he said he said we're one third done and we said but you know who's counting and he was jumping
0: up and down he he was
1: he was was, his arms were in the air sort of like score you know (laughs) so that's great um, let's see now. What else we got here? Uh, we're, we're running a little bit longer than I expected, but that's cool. We're having a good old time here. Um, you know what? We talked about the fly-in growing um, it, from year to year and continuing to do so. Um, I, I noticed that this airport is growing as well. Um, there's some interesting things going They've got a brand new tower. I guess that's new this year, right? Yeah. It's like like more than double the height of almost triple the height. Not quite triple, but but it's a it's a pretty significant um, improvement height wise, anyways, um, from the old one. Yeah. They put an air compressor on the bottom of it. Went, yeah, no. Sure, that's exactly how they did it. But uh, they've got that, and uh, I saw a display someplace. I think it was some pages in the uh, show guide where they talked about uh, some of the improvements that are being done to the airport. And uh, um, the fact that Paradise City, apparently they're going to try and keep this open year-round, which I don't think was the case before, was it? Oh, no.
3: No, but uh, that's the direction they're going is to have that as an active runway. On a normal day. Yeah. And yeah. not just well, during the uh, Sun and Punt fly. I out. was here
0: a couple of months ago. I flew in uh, uh, to meet a friend of mine, and uh, there was a, a, a NOTAM out for the airport. There was uh, um, uh, UAV activity, UAS activity, I guess the FAA calls it, uh, within the airport boundary. And uh, I don't know exactly where they were are flying from. But it was probably either right over there at, at Paradise City or right around in this area. Um, they were having a bunch of fun. There, was, there were uh, some very slick uh, model aircraft, uh, very slick UASs uh, being operated. And that is apparently an ongoing thing for the airport when, yeah. when, when the air show is not here.
7: Yeah. Jim, Jim G., Jim G what are you going to add something to that? I was here in March and saw very much the same thing, another weekend of UAV or UAS flying and drone flying. There is a runway out in main parking, okay. Okay. which you normally wouldn't see because there are cars out there, but they paved a little concrete strip, and cool. that's what the— uh, That's what they're operating That's from. what they're operating from, including uh, what we would call RC—what we used to call RC aircraft— jets, little right. jets flying that, that's around. That's what I oh, saw. Was so cool. The first
0: thing I saw it looked, it looked like an L-39 off about three miles, <laughs> and then then it did something that convinced me that, A, it was not a full-size L-39, B, it was a lot closer.
7: Yep, yep. When you when <clears throat> see, you know, at a distance, it's hard to tell the yeah. scale. When they come in over the uh, parking lot, Look, like, oh my God, it, that it, thing it, is it, three it, feet long. It pulls
0: what would be 50 G's for an L-39 and, <laughs> and, and, and you know, is still in one piece, and I yep. like, nope, that's not the real thing.
1: And the, in the pilot is not any short. Order. Right. We talked with uh, Larry Overstreet earlier. Um, uh, one of the, uh, and now we're joined by another of the uh, bad boys of uncontrolled airspace. I don't know if they like this title or not, but it tickles me. And uh, Larry's giving me a thumbs up, thumbs up, and Jim's grinning, so I guess it's okay. Um, they, uh, they, uh, they, go back and listen to old episodes; you'll understand why. But uh, it's the hijack. <laughs> the hijacked episode was that here or was that up the street? I, I think that was here. That was here. here. I think, yeah. And uh, that's right because you were in on it too, Higden. That's you? right. Yeah, that's okay. right. Last year here. Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, you were a wall. Yeah. Jim's a good friend and uh, and a, uh, a an interesting aviator. You've, you've got a lot of things going on. Um, I want to ask you about two things here, and uh, we're probably going to run even further beyond our allotted time, but I'm not worried because Dave Schalbetter says I can just keep going
7: here. We uh,
1: own the radio station. Yeah. Um, we control the horizontal. I don't know which one I want to do first here. I think what I'm going to ask you about Video Sun and Fun, because you are very involved star. with Sun and Fun uh, above and beyond attending the fly-in and, and supporting the radio station here. Um, and, uh, and and that's terrific. Thank you uh, on behalf of all of us. Thank you for, for that kind of support. But it's given you a perspective into uh, the organization and its activities. I think a lot of people are only, only recently becoming aware of the fact that there's more to Sun and Fun than the fly-in. Um, the fly-in happens these uh, six days each year, you know, extended six days because people come early and stay late. But but uh, the fly-in happens, and many of us, that's Sun and Fun. But Sun and Fun has become a year-round um, operation, um, mostly, in, almost completely in the educational area, some museum stuff. And uh, can tell us a little bit about some of the other activities that happen um,
7: under sun and, fun, sun and Fun's banner throughout the year. Uh, sure. I, like you, like all of us, as a pilot, think of, used to think of Sun and Fun. As a week, uh, a week of uh, pilot vacation in the winter to break open the 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 flying year, and we'd come down here and think about this ground, this these grounds, this facility being used one week a year, and then we all packed up and went home. Well, as as you say, Jack, uh, the Sun and Fun Organization is an educational organization. They're a five hundred one c three educational foundation, and they run a variety of programs. And the programs run all year round. And Jeb and I were just talking about the using this facility for RC planes, which is in itself a, 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 an educational activity uh, for those who get into it because you don't just go and buy one and fly one. Well, you can. But most of the people who do it are of an engineering bent uh, or a do-it-yourself orientation. And those are usually younger people, and they are learning robotics, and they're learning remote control, they're learning servos, they're learning... Computer programming, and it's, uh, it's a great adjunct to educational programs, besides being fun. We're, we're allowed to have fun. It is called Sun and Fun.
0: Yeah, mm. besides being fun. Um, and, and along the way, of course, they'll probably learn something about aviation.
7: Oh, of course. Of course. The, um, you mentioned the high school. I think we mentioned that a few minutes ago. Yeah, we yeah.
1: talked about the, uh, the new it's, hangar, which is related to the high school, uh, high school. pilots
7: uh, flying program. The Lakeland so, Aero Club. So it's the Central Florida Aerospace Academy, which is a nice five-year-old building right out in front of Sun and Fun's main entrance, is a real high school. And when I say real high school, I mean the high school students learn math and English and history and all the things you learn in high school. But it has an aviation orientation, so it's going to be heavy on science, technology, and mathematics, And whether it's a a career as a mechanic or a career as a pilot or a career in some other aviation endeavor, the kids come out of there well-equipped for that type of career. And it doesn't end just at high high school level. We should all know that Polk State College is also here on the airport grounds. It's not in the sun and fun part of the campus, it's a little bit to the south and east. and there's a. Four I'm supposed to be the one who doesn't know my east from my west. Eh? I'm pretty sure it's south and east. Whatever. Yeah, uh, it, it's a it's out a, there someplace. The right. bad boys of UCap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a four year college, uh-huh. and so with Sun and Fun support, these youngsters can get an, a, a really good grounding for any technical career, especially aviation, from junior high school on up through college. And there's no place else in the U.S. where they can do that. And I. I don't know if there's another place in the world where they can do it. They certainly, this is the only program of its kind. And as they say on late night television, that's not all. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. What else? What else? There, Dave mentioned the aviation clubs. There's a, uh, a club called Future Eagles, which is for 8th through 12th grade. And then there the Lakeland Aero Club, which is the high school flying club. Both operated uh, here at here at the Lakeland Now, East does the, the
0: Aero Club have airplanes that they fly? I mean, do, do they rent? Do they have their own fleet? How I believe
7: they fly airplanes. Now, they also have, they will also, according to an article I read, have meetings for people who are interested in learning about aviation outside the classroom. So, they've, they also have builder workshops. So, some of the kids will be cool. in the building workshop working on banging on metal after school, which is a lot better than what some kids in some cities bang on mm-hmm. after school. Yeah. So that's a real encouraging thing. There's, of course, a scholarship program, uh, which has benefited. Let's see, they've given away $430,000 in career-oriented scholarships and $2.1 million back into the local educational system here in Polk County. Just a few few little random tidbits of impact. That's, That's very encouraging. And so most of the pilots who are walking around here going, you know, I think I'll buy this plane, I'll buy that plane, are not thinking about the $2 million in educational activity that is sponsored by these exhibitors and our, our, uh, our wristbands. What else we have? School tours. Um, the Florida aviation museum is here on the grounds mm-hmm. and they bring, uh, youngsters in from other schools to come in here and get a little exposure to aviation. And it's a two way street. The educators who work here in the high school and the college will go around to other schools in Florida to bring education, aviation education out to those programs. I bet you most people don't know about that one. Yeah,
0: I wasn't aware of that.
7: Uh, There's an annual aerospace educators workshop where high school teachers are invited to come down here for a week. I don't, I may be a less than a week, a couple of days, and attend a workshop on how to bring aerospace education into their own programs. Another little known program. There are all these little programs that have been ongoing and, it's not—they're not secret, but we just normally don't—are not aware of them.
3: Well, and the, cool. the grounds host several interim events unrelated to the educational uh, uh, mission, like uh, the Pigs—When Pigs Fly pigs South. Pigs Fly South, south right. Yeah. Uh, barbecue and fly an event. They have uh, an event here for aficionados of antique automobiles. Yeah, I think
0: they had so, full, Some ma- of them—some ma- of that they do all together. They'll have a barbecue, a car show— Uh, motorcycles and airplane show same weekend.
7: I think they had a a Mustangs and Mustangs, uh, event one point. What else? There are summer camps, both week long and day camps for day camps for the little ones. So, so, you know, it's all to get kids into aviation. Yeah. And we talk a lot. We as pilots, we in the aviation community talk a lot about our declining pilot population. How many times have we had that discussion on this podcast? Countless, uh, two maybe. Yeah, right. Okay.
0: And I'm, after this is over, I'll hold him down. Y'all can kick him. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll beat him. <laughs> we'll beat him. But
7: the point is, Sun and Fun is doing something about it and succeeding, and and that's so rare and so refreshing, and it's a great place to. We should support it. Yeah, Absolutely. we should,
1: we should, and and all these programs. I would imagine if you go to the uh, sun n fundorg
7: website, um, and and you'll be able to find your way to uh, yeah.
1: descriptions and information and schedules yep. and.
7: It may take a little hunt and peck to find your way around because there's a bunch of web pages, but but it's all there one way or another. Yeah,
4: yeah, very Here, very cool. Here's
7: one last tidbit on, and then we'll move on to something else. Yes, the uh, he said is the new moderator. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bad boy
1: Bad boy, bad boys
7: The Sunder fund organization uh, commissioned a study by two professors at the Florida Southern College um, to f- determine what the economic impact of this organization to the region and it's not just Polk County but the central the Re- central Florida region and these two professors uh, calculated and this was published in the Ledger newspaper, which is the local. Lakeland newspaper. Now i got a good friend works there. Back in February, they calculated, and they think they were conservative, uh, $137 million local impact. Each year? Yes, per year.
0: That's, that's significant. That's,
7: and, you're and hire, hiring teachers and buying supplies and running programs. And, and,
0: and as, as economically viable as other parts of this state may appear, that's nothing to sneeze at. No. And, and, and well, I mean, very necessary
7: for this area of the state. And this week long fly in is, of course, as we know, the largest, one of the largest conventions in Central Florida and the largest in Polk County. That's right.
1: Well, that's great. Thank you for filling us in on that. I, I, you know, I mean, I've sort of, I'm sort of peripherally aware of it, but uh, I, I, it's, I think people should pay more attention to it because it's interesting that there's way more to sun and fun than just the flying. It's well,
3: like that line about the weather. A lot of us talk about the pilot population problem. Here's a group of people that are doing a tremendous amount
1: about the pilot population problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jim, if you're, if you would, um, yeah, sure. May I ask you about your ultralight? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was code. I was. T- I wanted to make sure he was comfortable t- yeah, talking no, about this sure. a little bit. Um, so it, we, we've been. This happened some time ago, and you've told us the story um, offline, and mm-hmm. and we've talked about sharing it on the podcast because I think it's educational and instructional and and interesting. Um, and and um, I'm so not sure
7: it's any of those. I think
1: it's a. I think it's a. Uh, it's a cautionary tale, maybe. maybe. All right. All right. Um, we've talked in the past. I'm pretty sure we've talked on the podcast about the fact that you were in fact building a, or, or uh, assembling. Assembling. Right. Assembling um, an ultralight. What model was it? Again? Again? It's an AeroLite 103. Okay, and I, in fact, visited your hangar up there in, uh, in uh, near, near Conway, New Hampshire, um, and uh, saw it. It was it was in the final stages of assembly, and right, you were almost done. Uh huh. And then um, later, after that, you in fact fin- completed it
7: and began flying it. Yes, All right. I did. What happened? The engine quit one day. Yeah, you had in a for- You had a forced landing. You could say that we, because let me tell you, once the engine quits in an airplane. Even the best glider, sooner or later, gravity's going to have its way with you. Yeah, yeah. Tell us, I mean, yeah. Please, if you would, go into a little more detail about what what the incident, what happened. Oh, you wanted more than just the word "it stopped." Yeah, those two words. You know, so I was flying the airplane, um, the ultralight. It's an unlicensed, unregistered part 103 aircraft. Well, that makes it sound kind of shady. This is all on the up and up, though. It's on the up and up. It's it's a a legal aircraft. There is a part of the FARs, for those who are interested, called section 103 or part 103, which is all of a page and a half, which defines the characteristics of an ultralight. And it does not have to be registered. You don't have an N number. And it does not need an annual inspection. And it can be built in Maintained by anybody. Right. And so you were so you had purchased and were assembling this aircraft. Right. And and then you went flying one day. I went flying a couple times, but the uh, the flight in question seemed like a lovely day, and I was out flying the thing, and I was actually doing laps around the pattern at a local airport, and on uh, one of my laps around, on climb out, I noticed that the engine was not making the same RPMs it had on the previous two laps around. Mm-hmm. And I said, huh, well, that seems strange. Well, let's just check the fuel and reach behind me, make sure the fuel valve was still there and still on, and gave a squeeze to the fuel pump, and that seemed fine. I mean, there's only so much you can do while you're in the air, but we're on climb-out, so it's not a place to do too much troubleshooting. I said, all right, let me get myself turned around back towards the runway, and then we'll take a look at this. So turned around at least towards downwind, and I noticed the RPM's still dropping. I'm like, huh. So I thought, all right, I'm going to stay clo- try to stay close to the runway. I don't really know the landing characteristics of this craft that well because i only flown it a couple times. So I'm not quite sure what the range is and what the glide ratio is, and I right. certainly had never flown it with the engine off. Yep. Not yet, anyway. yep, That uh, was about to change. Uh, that was a, but as, as, as that RPM, you know, real, uh, couldn't, I, I, again, checking what I could, switches, make sure the throttle wasn't stuck. Everything looked fine. So, I, okay. Now I'm flying with one hand on the red handle. All right. Parachute. I was I was, I was primed and ready for this. Parachute. Yeah. Parachute. And I was coming around downwind to base. Turn. So, I'm about as far off the runway as you could be in the in a pattern. And that's when the engine decided it had, had enough. Okay. It took oh no time to pull that handle i mean my hand was but on and i was ready to go did the engine just completely quit it just or, stopped okay all right it just stopped and there's no messing around with restarting not after not being low in the pattern and not after it has gradually worked its way to that point you just say now nah, this ain't happening yeah so what i immediately turned toward the runway and as soon as i realized that you know i had no power and i'm not going to make that runway I Just pulled the, chute right you pulled then the and shoot right pulled the shoot, yeah, it didn't take more than half a second And to what think was that
1: like that. how what was the the, the orientation do?
7: was it shocking was it was it uh it's a big bang, yeah it's a sharp crack it's not an, a boomy explosion, it's a sharp crack, yeah, and all of a sudden you're you're in the bushes and going sl- and you know the I don't know how to explain it it's so you, say say how can you you know how did how did it feel or how did it happen it it doesn't happen in slow motion, yeah. There are the trees and bushes below you, and there's the runway over there. Uh, You're going down, you're going down fast, because an ultralight, by its nature, is not a very streamlined or uh, aerodynamic thing. Mm -hmm. It just isn't. So you went down in in the trees? I hit into into trees and and low brush uh, a few hundred feet off the end of the runway. Okay. Were you hurt? I scraped my leg uh, climbing out of the brush, actually. No, not from the crash, mm-hmm. or not from the short stop. The parachute really helped. It, the, the parachute snagged on some branches and slowed me down, okay. so, it, so there was no abrupt stop. All right. It really helped cushion that in. Right. And then what became of the aircraft? The aircraft wasn't in real great shape. It didn't, it's a fabric aircraft. Mm-hmm. Um, and the trees tore it up? Pretty well. Yeah. So I, somebody that I know in the area wanted the parts for another project. And uh, I made a deal and uh, okay. got myself out of it. I didn't feel like hauling it out of the woods and redoing it at sure. that point. I was sure. a little, little, kind of a little depressed about the whole thing because I, it I, was so new. Yeah, yeah. So somebody so, offered me something for it, and I said, you know what? It's all yours. So what's the lesson learned here? Um, okay, a couple things. Am I allowed to na- Can I name the manufacturer of the engine? It's okay with me. So this had a Hearth motor, H-I-R-T-H. which was made in Germany, and there's an importer in the U.S. who makes it. And so before I go too much further, I'm sure many people have had Hearth motors and had much happiness with them. I have no doubt about it. Uh, the Hearth motor has, uh, I found out later, and this is the lesson learned, is you wish you knew all about your motor beforehand, not after the fact, has a reputation for needing retorking every few hours. Every few hours. Hours. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know of other engines that need to be retorqued. The heads need to be retorked every few hours. Okay. So that's a lesson learned. It's like know your engine. Mm-hmm. I probably then had I when I do this again, um, I'd like it to be an airplane that I either assemble myself or design myself or really get into the maintenance myself. Here was an, as you say, I assembled it, but I assembled someone else's design with their motor and their wings and so on. So I don't feel like I knew it well enough. Now, I don't know when you can know your engine well enough, but I'll bet Jeb can tell when his engine hiccups the slightest bit because he's got so much experience with it. And I did not have that. The first few
0: hours with any airplane, with any engine, on any airplane... um Everybody's learning. The engine's learning. You're, the operators are learning. The mechanics are learning. Um, infant mortality happens. Yep. And and we're, everyone here, you know, very curious about how this happened, and just grateful you're still uh, uh, in one piece.
7: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm more grateful than I am. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: thank you for sharing that with us. I, it's, uh, you know, it, I think we all learn from these things, and, yeah.
7: uh, and uh, I'm glad I, it, I, it know, I turned learned, out reasonably well. But I learned from talking with other experimental and ultralight pilots, especially Dave, that, you know, these are commonplace in this world. And, and I met one gentleman who's very active in ultralights, and he says he's had 12 engine failures in one ship or another. hmm and so you know what do you do with that information you know one thing says is you should never fly it near trees always fly it in the desert well i don't live in a desert so i don't have that option you only live in the white (laughs) mountains of new hampshire right yeah it's a little hard to go flying in the desert so you do have trees you know some of the lessons aren't always applicable in that sense but you try to learn and, and i'm not out of aviation i've still got my i've got two people waving um our good friends are heading home. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I have my airplane, my LSA, my CTLS, which I am all over, into, over, under, and into every nook and cranny. Got your little yellow badge there. Yep. And I've got my Rotex uh, service maintenance qualification now so that I can fully understand how that in- that motor works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm looking at other... Yeah. LSAs. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, we
1: are literally reaching the end of our allotted times here. We've got a hard stop in about three minutes, so we've got to kind of wrap this thing up. But uh, thank you, Jim, for everything. Uh, the, it, for you know, your friendship and your uh,
7: information and uh, and, for and, your out, support.
1: and for helping out with the podcast. You're going to do a daily for us before the week is out.
7: We'll, we'll do a daily. I've already tried to scope out some good uh, talent for that. Okay. I'm curious to see what you come up with. Uh, and, uh, you know, so uh, we'll, we'll get to that later
1: in the week. But uh, Anyways, we are running out of time here. Um, It's uh, day one of the 2016 Sun and Fun Fly-In, and uh, things are just getting started here. If you haven't come already, you ought to be here. Uh, There's lots and lots of activity. Night air shows later this week, uh, stuff going on all day, every day, daily air shows. Uh, You just plain should not miss it. So uh, I missed what that said. What did it say? Did break, ready. Oh, break ready. Cool, very cool. Well, all right then. Um, before we wrap up here, we've got some, got some thank yous to do here. Um, to, to, we had just a whole bunch. We just had a steady stream of, of almost unexpected guests, and that was cool. Um, big thanks to, and you guys are going to correct me if I miss anybody. Brad Mazzari uh, stopped by and, and uh, told us about NASA and Pipistrel, and gave us some chocolate. Larry Overstreet was in here with us. Sonics information. Mark Shabel from uh, hey, Mark Sonic, Shabble Shabble, Sonics. Mark Shabel. Excuse me. Um, Dan Johnson from Lama was here. Thank you very much. Ben Sclar. Stop by from uh, General Aviation News. Jim Goldman, thank you very much, very much. You're welcome. Well, glad to be
7: here. It's always fun.
1: It it would be incredibly remiss for us not to give a a, a huge thank you to uh, uh, everybody here at Sun and Fun Radio who help us out and make us welcome, and especially to our big host, David Shelbetter, um, who just makes us feel so welcome here every year. And uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you to him. He doesn't learn from one year to the That's next. Right. And we keep just coming back. And, and like, as long as he's willing, you know, we'll... It's like pushing reset, you know? <laughs> <laughs> thank you to my two friends uh, dave higdon and uh, jeb burnside i'm jack hodgson david was there something you wanted to say life can go on
3: forever if you fly because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan bye-bye
1: and that's it for this episode of uncontrolled airspace uh, I, that's just really enough
0: talking L- let's go oh, d- d- jeb tango yankee mike foxtrot
1: pango yankee mike foxtrot absolutely Uh, that's enough talking let's go flying